Okay, before we move on to the episode today, I actually have to give a massive shout out to GeoCPA. They're my CPAs. They are incredible. I've been working with them for years and like I cannot recommend them enough. What they do, they're constantly seeking out the next generation of entrepreneurs, real estate investors, and small business owners who are basically looking to optimize their tax planning and streamline their accounting. So they take it, they don't just do your tax returns. They tax plan for you. They look into the future. They think, how can I be most efficient with this person's financial situation and save them the most in their taxes, which is a huge part of building wealth. All business owners should have a really good CPA. GeoCPA, they're an award-winning virtual accounting and tax planning company working with entrepreneurs across the globe. Their experience has allowed them to service companies such as my very own, Getting Magnetic, all of our companies, Comatier Coffee, Cosmos, and many, many more. They're really a partner rather than like that transactional service provider you talk to once a year. I've personally had the pleasure of working with them and I've gotten to know their team. Like they're really good people. But they care about me, they care about their clients and and helping them save money and plan, you know, from a tax perspective. And I can say if you aren't actively investing in tax planning, it's a proactive move. You're leaving money on the table. Simple as that. So if you're a multi-six-figure business owner or seven-figure looking to level up your accounting and reduce your tax liability, head over to geotaxplanning.com slash magnetic slash tax. And of course, we'll drop that in the show notes and you can get an intro call with them. Or if you're still in the climb, they have a solution for you as well. They built a DIY course for entrepreneurs and real estate investors, which unveils some strategies that will help you keep more money in your business and scale quicker. So head to check out the course, uh, go to geotaxplanning.com slash magnetic and Gosh, let me know if you work with them. I'm super excited for you. But now let's get to the show topic today. What's going on, Getting Magnetic Fam? It's Finance Friday. Our goal with this series is to build your financial literacy as we head into a recession. So you can not only be prepared, but you can thrive through this recession and beyond. And the best thing, we're going to put sophisticated topics into layman's terms so everyone can understand it. You're going to learn everything about money they don't teach you in school so you can build your money mindset and skills and build that life of your dreams. Now let's get to the episode. We're live. Happy Friday. It's Finance Friday. It's Freestyle Friday. It's Freaky Friday, depending on who you are, or it could be all those things. I think it's going to be all those things for me. Finance, freestyle, freaky. Yeah, I love it. Ooh, wherever you're tuning in, if you're tuning in on Instagram, welcome. If you're tuning in on Getting Magnetic, welcome. Excited to be here with you. We got Professor Wade in the house. I got my glasses on, my blue light blockers that make me feel smarter, hopefully look smarter. And today we're going to be talking about debt and how to think about debt. Let's talk about debt, baby. Let's talk about you and me and your relationship with debt. Most people might be like, this is going to be so boring. No, I promise you, if you have a goal of being wealthy or financially free, you need to understand debt and how to use it and have a great relationship with it. Oh, we got the getting magnetic neon light in the background. If you're on Instagram watching this, I love it. But I let's give a little background. Like why am I, why can I talk about debt? I worked for a credit fund, aka a debt fund. We did, you know, loans for big investments or uh, mergers and acquisitions or big companies for, what was it, five, seven years, something like that. I worked in that industry for a long time. So it made me really understand debt and how it's used. 
And today we're going to discuss the mindset around debt. This is going to be a masterclass. We're not going to go too, too, too deep, but high level so we understand that debt is not a bad thing. It can be. It depends how you use it, but how debt can be either a bad thing if you're over leveraged and for the wrong reasons or a good thing. And if you're on Instagram and you have questions, feel free to hit me up. And if No dumb questions, but I kind of have a flow here of what I'm thinking. But there's bad debt and good debt. And your mindset around debt is very important, is critical. Because most people are like, oh, I want to get out of debt. Let's talk about that mindset. One, that means they don't understand it and or have bad debt, um, credit card debt, for example. And when you emphasize, like, I want to get out of debt, Our brain only realizes and recognizes what we think about and speak about. So when you say, I want to get out of debt, it it focuses on debt. Your focus, you're emphasizing debt, which means your brain's going to, you know, do things and keep you in debt. Instead of saying, I want to get out of debt, flip it to a, a positive affirmation of, I'm moving towards financial freedom. I'm working on it or I am financially free, or whatever it is. So flip the mindset from I want to get out of debt to I am financially free, or I'm moving towards financial freedom. P.S., for those on Instagram, I got my coffee here today. I got a Bulletproof coffee. I love the routine of coffee, the taste of it, but I love one cup of coffee in the morning. And actually, organic plug here. I'm going to drop it in the show notes. This episode's brought to you by Comatier because they didn't pay me to do this. It's just my favorite coffee. I love it. I know the founder. It's incredible. It's like craft coffee. It's like a, this cup is from like Ethiopia and Kenya. Brewed, it's like the best in class from the best soils. Anyway, if you are a coffee lover, check out Comatier. I'll drop it in the show notes. But anyways, back to debt. Let's talk about debt. Debt is sexy. Debt can be really sexy when you understand it. So I worked for this debt fund. So I really understood it. And now I love it. And I have both good and bad debt. And I'm going to go through what that looks like. I'm not perfect. I don't want to be debt free and I'll get there too. So the mindset we, we, we touched on, not I want to get out of debt, it's I am financially free. Flip it to where you're going and where you want to be, not where you're at, not focused on emphasizing debt. So America in general, let's start there. It's not necessarily 100% our fault, although we should take 100% responsibility of our financial literacy. America is so in debt. We're a consumer society. We spend more than we make as individuals but as a collective too, our government, it spends more than it brings in. Our economy spends more than it brings in. You could go to literally, it's kind of scary. I don't like going to it. I'm going to do it right now. USDebtClock.org. Wow, we are in million, billion, $30.7 trillion of debt. The US federal spending, the government spending, spends just about $6 billion. Sorry, $6 trillion. It brings in $4.4 trillion. So we're at pretty much a $1.5 trillion deficit. That means we're spending $6 trillion. We are bringing in $4.4 trillion. For every $6 we spend, we only bring in $4.4. There's a $1.5 or $1.6 deficit, meaning we have to borrow that. That money it doesn't just appear out of thin air. We have to borrow it. We owe someone else money. I think a lot of our debts from China and different places. It, this is so insane to me. Like, I don't know how we get out of this debt. Like, it's scary for me to think about because what the U.S. does, they just kick the can down the road. They restructure the debt. They push the maturity date out. 
Anyways, the debt per citizen, the debt per taxpayer is $244,000. So if every single taxpayer paid the government $244,000, we'd get out of debt. Now, no one, not no one, 99% of people are not in a position to do that. Anyways, that's just a scary thing. You can go to usdebtclock.org. But my point there is, as a society, as a, like father, like son, right? Our economy, our government, we spend more than we make. What do consumers then do? In our consumer society, we love shopping and buying things. And it's a dopamine hit when you shop online or you get a new thing or whatever. We, like father, like son, we're like our government. We spend more than we make typically. We go into debt. We hold debt. We hold credit card debt. Now, I'm going to go through the varying levels of debt and and bad to good. So we kind of have covered pay yourself first, spend less than you make. That is like a staple because... When you're spending more than you make just on your life, oh, I got this, I got this lifestyle to live, you, it has to come from somewhere. Someone has to credit you, whether it's your credit card or a loan or whatever it is, like literally someone is funding your lifestyle of living bigger than your means. And then you get into debt. That is bad debt because that's typically on a credit card. Credit card debt is almost always bad debt unless you pay it off every month. You can be very smart with credit cards. You can open credit cards. You can get a ton of points and miles. You can use it. You can get cash back. You can get all these rewards and have all these miles to fly places. The best way to use a credit card is to use it for lots of things, but to pay it off every month. When you don't pay it off every month, and I'm not perfect, I don't pay, I haven't paid mine off every month. You are in debt and credit card debt is like 15, 18, 21%. It's like higher than most investments you could go find, a typical person. So really, really not a good way to use money owing that much. That is like, it's, that's why it's hard to get out of credit card debt when you're in a hole because it's so expensive. If you owe $100 on your credit card, to, to, that's not good. Let's say $1,000 on your credit card. Over the course of the year, if that $1,000 balance stays there, and you let's just use a 20% interest rate, $200 is going to be added to that. Then it's $1,200. And let's say you don't, you don't add to it even the next year. You just break even, but you still have $1,200 on. $240 is going to be added to that 20%. Now it's $1,440. So credit card keeps compounding and stacking up on, it, on itself. So the best way to utilize a credit card is if you pay it off every month. If you are not financially trust yourself or literate or you spend more than you make, I would say just don't even use a credit card. Now, there's a lot of different ways of thinking out there. Dave Ramsey's like, oh, get out of debt, get out of debt, even if it's a mortgage, we're going to cover all these things. That's not what I do or what I think is best or what the wealthy do at all. The wealthy use debt as leverage. We'll get there too. Debt is leverage to them, but on, on assets, on things that produce them wealth and cash flow and different things. So we'll get there. So we'll start with the bad. Credit card debt. No. Unless you pay it off every month, not good. I'm not coming from a place of perfection over here either. Like I have some too that I got to make sure I'm paying off. But I also have tons of miles and points and things and whatever. And you know what? I have a, one of my favorite credit cards is my Capital One card. It's not a business card. It's just a personal card. And it's like one of those thick, like you feel like you're a CEO because it's like metal and it's heavy and it's awesome. And it has amazing rewards. Like I fly everywhere just with points from that thing. Um, I'll drop that actually. If you trust yourself with that and you're like, yeah, I'd like a card. I'll pay it off every month. It's like I'll drop the referral in the show notes. You get like, oh my gosh, you get like 75,000 miles if you spend like 4,000 on it in the first three months, I think, which is, you know, 
you know, you spend 1200 or 1500 on your credit card, you know where you're at financially. I trust myself with that. If you trust yourself with that and you're going to pay it off, you get a ton of miles. You'll get like flights wherever with that. Anyways, back to credit card debt. If you just are using, like, think about it. If you make 10000 this month and you spend 12000 2000 is going into debt, is going on the credit card. And so then, like, let's say you're like, oh, man, I, okay, I've spent more than I made already, but I really want this night out of to dinner with friends and it's a steakhouse and whatever, and you spend 200 bucks at dinner. Literally that $200, you're going into debt to go out to that meal. So first thing is spending less than you make but and paying off your credit card every month. So credit card debt is bad. It's bad, bad, bad. Unless you pay it off every month, then it's not debt. Then it's just you're almost borrowing from them and then just paying it back. What smart people do with credit cards, I they use credit cards, but they pay it off every month because then they get the points, the things, the whatever. So credit card debt, let's not let's not go there. And let's aim to pay. So if one of the best investments you can make is if you have credit card debt, yes, pay it down. Pay Like instead of investing in crypto or stocks, pay down your credit card because that's the 18, 20%, 21% like debt. It'd be hard for you to go create 18 to 21% return unless you're really sharp, really hard. So it's a guarantee. If I pay off $100 of credit card debt, I just made an 18 to 21% annual return because I do not have to pay that. So before you invest, get out of credit card debt. Step one. However, okay, let's let's go to the next like level. Mortgage. Is mortgage good or bad debt? There's a whole debate on if owning a home is an asset or not, if it's a good play, financially savvy or not. Grant Cardone, billionaire, I think almost billionaire, is like, I don't know homes. It's not a good investment. And he owns a ton of real estate. It's all rental properties. It's an asset to him because it produces cash flow and income to him. Your home does not produce income. Now, depending on market timing and everything, it I think it can be financially, you know, a good move. You know, if if you're in a, it, your home's going to appreciate every year, but you owe taxes on it, different things. You got to pay insurance on it, all the stuff. But like for example, we bought a condo in Orange County a couple of years ago, and we just went to upsize when we were starting a family and having Cam and. It was in such a hot market. I was like, let's sell high. We bought our condo for like 500 grand. We sold it for 640. So it was a $140,000 increase. When I ran all the numbers, all the mortgage we paid and everything, like I basically was able to live there for free for two years. Because what I paid out in mortgages, I actually made back in the increase. Now it was a hot market, right? I sold high, I bought low-ish. And so, and that was kind of lucky. That wasn't like me predicting the future or anything, but it was also realizing we're in a hot market. I can sell here and it might keep going up. And over time, five years from now, it'll definitely be up 10 years. Like real estate just goes up over time, especially in, you know, areas that people want to live like Orange County. So we sold it and we, and we made out. Now that ended up being an asset for us, but an asset is typically something that, that gives you continuous cash flow. The cash flowing assets are best. So a mortgage on a home is a good thing. One, it's most people can't go buy a home in cash. So a mortgage allows you to get into a property. When, the people who think that the, their only asset is their home, that's, that's not a good investor. I'll just point blank there. You, if your home is your only quote unquote investment, it's not an investment. It could end up being beneficial for you financially. It's not an investment. 
And it ends up being a cost. Oh, the the HVAC system broke five grand. Oh, this, whatever. You end up spending money at, oh, I got to renovate it. Yes, it increased on paper, but you know, mortgage rates have gone up. Mortgage rates are at like just 3% or a little under. That's pretty amazing. If you can get into a 30-year loan at 3%. Now, I'm going to go a step further after after the mortgage. Mortgage is, is decent debt because one, you probably can't buy it in cash. It enables you to own a home. Maybe it'll appreciate over time, whatever. Maybe it'll end up a, a good spot for you. It probably won't end up as like a really bad deal unless you like bought super high and then it crashed. And I don't think we're in like the... The real estate market is going to crash. However, it could very well soften. It could go down 10, 20% throughout the country in different places. Don't panic. Just plan on owning your property through until it goes back up again. Anyways, mortgage debt is probably is decent debt. And I'm gonna some people are like, I want to get out of debt. I want to pay off my mortgage. If your mortgage is 3%, guess what? You can go invest in the stock market and probably earn on average 7%. So that's what we call interest arbitrage. Now, the stock market is not guaranteed, but think about this. In the, in the last 100 years, the stock market's you know, gained about 7% a year on average. And now it's gone down in the last year. It's gone up recently. It's up and down. So you can't have short-term mindset. But if you think about in the next five years, if I have an extra $500 a month, do I pay off my 3% mortgage or do I put it in the stock market knowing it'll probably be up about you know 7%? I'm going to put in the stock market every day. I'm probably going to do different investments, but that is a very easy way for the average person who does not know investments or not as financially literate per se to do. But do do you guys understand that concept why then mortgages is decent debt? And rather than paying it off, go invest it. So (laughs) someone said better off hitting roulette table than playing stocks. Depends on the timing. But if you have a 10-year horizon on stocks and you invest in index funds in the general market, you're going to be winning. If you play roulette, you have like a 48% chance of winning, 52% chance of losing. Anyways, now getting a mortgage, now let's take it to the next level. Here's good debt. Let's just go there. I'm not going to go super deep into this episode. What is good debt? Good debt is taking debt and attaching it to an asset that makes you money. So uh, let's go car debt. Not good debt. Car is a depreciating asset. You get a $50,000 Mercedes and you put five down and you owe $45,000 and, oh, Instagram's telling me it's time for a break. Not yet. I'm live Instagram. If you owe $45,000, probably about 5% on it depending on your credit score and the market and whatever. That's not not good debt because it's on an asset that's losing value just so you can drive a bougier car. Now, there's all sorts of things. Like if I can get a, a 3 4 5% car loan and I believe I can go earn 7, 10, 12% in different investments, stocks, real estate, whatever. I personally am going to take the loan because, again, if I'm borrowing at 5 and I'm making 10, I'm earning that 5% difference, right? But you got to be able to be secure in that, be financially literate there. So that's kind of a next, next level. So car debt, generally not good debt. Mortgage debt, decent debt. Now, a mortgage on an investment property, incredible debt. Incredible debt on a, on a cash-flowing rental property, especially. So, for example, we own a few places in, in Alabama and a few different places in, in the U.S. We own five properties. They only cost like hundred grand ish 120 grand. My mortgage is like 600 or so on it. The rent's 1000 It cash flows at the end of the day, maybe like, let's say, 300 bucks a month. Not, not a game changer, but 
300 bucks a month, every month, over time. The renter is paying off the mortgage. I'm not paying the mortgage. I am paying the mortgage, but I'm getting more rent. I'm cash flowing. And it's earning like, it's probably earning like 12%, I'll say, on average cash from cash. So if I have money, should I go pay off that mortgage, which is like, I think it's like 4% or 4.5%. If I have like this extra money I'm getting, should I go pay off the 4.5% debt or should I go get another cash flowing rental property? If I Now you have to be secure. You, you understand real estate. You don't just wing it. You, you got to work with professionals or find a turnkey company or really know what you're doing in real estate because of course you can get hurt. You have to understand it. Go put 100 hours in before you even think about investing in real estate. And that's probably another Finance Friday real estate. But what I'm going to do, what really good debt is, is debt attached to a cash flowing asset. So instead of me paying off a 4.5% mortgage on this Alabama property, I'm going to go get a second one because it's going to earn me that 10, 12%. Now, it's not guaranteed. There's risks in real estate in every investment ever, pretty much. Infinite banking, almost no risk. That was last week. If you haven't checked out the infinite banking episode, go back. If you have like 10,000 or more in like liquidity that you want to store and make legacy and earn 5 to 6% dividend tax-free and grow, you got to check out infinite banking. Everyone in the world should have infinite banking. Unless you're like 80, if you are young-ish, under 50, and healthy, you should have an infinite banking policy. It's legacy wealth. It's it's grows tax free. Go check it out. Hit me up about it if you have questions. But really good debt is debt attached to cash flowing assets. Now, not a debt to go into crypto. There's probably not a lot of debt that you could do that because that could go up. It could go down. It's down big today. It's up big yesterday. You know all the things. Debt attached to a cash flowing real estate rental real estate incredible debt. How do I think about that? Okay, I bought a $100,000 place in Alabama. I had to put 20,000 down, 20%. 80,000, I got to leverage, the wealthy use leverage. I got to borrow from a mortgage company. I'm paying them whatever, three, four, 5%. The rates are higher now. It's like five, six, 7%. So there's not as much margin in this rental real estate. But if I'm looking at a 12% deal, it still makes sense for me. Now, Okay, I put twenty. That I leverage. I borrow eighty thousand, and yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm paying. I'm cash flowing every month. That's incredible debt. That's how you accelerate your wealth. Because if you have a hundred thousand, this is a great example. Do you buy one property in cash and be like, oh, I'm not in debt. Oh, I own this outright. I get paid a thousand a month in rent, and I pay no mortgage and whatever. I do owe insurance and taxes. So let's say, and I have a property manager. Let's say I cash flow seven hundred bucks a month. Okay, that's pretty good. Now, what I'm going to do with that 100000 to invest, I'm going to put 20% down, 20000 on five properties. I'm going to go get five properties with my 100000 So you own one outright. I own five with five mortgages on them. There's all sorts of things that need to happen, but let's use this as illustration purposes. Now, again, the, the rent's 1000 and I said I cash flowed about 300 per unit after all the expenses and everything. So 300 per unit times five, I'm earning 1500 per month. On that hundred thousand, versus you bought outright a hundred thousand a property, and you make about probably seven hundred a month. I'm making more than double you with the same amount of money. That is where the wealthy use leverage. They leverage themselves. I have a friend. He just bought a jet for fourteen million dollars. I'm actually going to interview him on the podcast. Greg, shout out Greg. Now you got to be you got to be really savvy and understand 
all this stuff. Um, he bought a $14 million jet. He put 20% down. He borrowed 80%. He wrote the whole thing off. I'm like, this is genius. He saved like $4 million in taxes. But now that's a different move, you know, which anyone can do. But he leveraged that. And he's like, now I got to pay $110,000 a month in a bank loan. So I got to be able to do that. And that's a whole nother topic. But bad debt, credit card debt, good debt, debt attached to a cash flowing asset, like rental real estate. If I, if someone said, hey, I'll give you a blank check, a loan at 0%. It's a loan though. You have to pay back. How much would you do? I'd say a billion dollars. Even if they said 3%, I'd say a billion dollars because I know I can go earn more than 3%. So let's start thinking about debt as good as a vehicle to help us build our wealth when it's attached to assets. It's bad when it's credit card debt. All right, I got to run a bunch of referral links in the show notes. Hope that was valuable. If it was, share it with your spouse, share it with a friend, share it with an investor, whoever, and we'll see you next time. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.